welcome to episode number 30 of Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and you are listening to the podcast about all things planning and planning adjacent. Today, we have for you a little mini Q&A and then a short review on a product I had been curious about for quite some time, and I'm sure many of you who follow a few planner accounts on Instagram might be interested to look at this one as well, as it's definitely been popular in the social media world particularly since last summer. First, though, we will start with our mini Q&A review. Actually, I'll start with a little reminder. So I'm hoping to do a Q&A episode soon with your audio questions. So please keep those coming. You can submit them via SpeakPipe. And the way to find that is to go to my blog, Click on the best laid plans button, which takes you to all the show notes and then scroll down and you'll see a big pink button that says like record here. And that will take you to the portal where you can record your very own question for best laid plans. You can say your name and um, I believe it will let you record for up to 120 seconds. So that should be enough time to ask a really fun and detailed question or even just a comment or some product that you'd like to share. I would just love to feature a few of your voices in an upcoming episode. Okay, so all that said, remember that we have that option available. And as always, you can check out show notes um, on my blog on the under the best laid plans button. I've had a couple people DM me and I'm not on Instagram that much. So I feel bad. I, I give them these delayed responses sometimes um, just asking where they can find more photos. And they're pretty much always in the weekly show notes post that I post every single Monday. Usually comes out at about 6 a.m. on Monday because I'm usually throwing it together that morning. But it always goes up on the show notes page and they're listed in backwards chronologic order with the most recent episode first. So you should be able to find what you're looking for. Okay. All that business down. Let's talk a little bit about our mini q and I have three questions today, which came to me through various mediums. So we're going to get to those. And this one comes first from Paige. She writes, when you get down to monthly and weekly goals versus to do's, how do you differentiate them? Huh. She sent me this via Instagram and I had to sit for a second. Like, what is the difference between a goal and a to-do? And I think the sort of deep gestalt answer might just be that, you know, it's sort of arbitrary. You could have a small item that someone else might just consider a to-do, but maybe you're in a season of life where just getting one step done in a multi-step process is your goal for the week. So to me, goal is defined by like, you know, is this something big that you want to complete? Big to you, not big on absolute terms within a given time frame. If it meets that, it could be called a goal. I think that goals and to-dos in some ways can be interchangeable because you can have many kind of small goals in the middle of um, or sort of in the process of completing a bigger project. Or you might just see be somebody who considers a goal the completed project and your to-dos are the steps or tasks to do on the way to completing. So I don't think there's a huge distinction. Where there are distinctions are kind of habits or what might be considered process goals and outcome goals. And an outcome goal is what do you want to have done? Like, oh, I want to have lost 10 pounds or I want to have completed my 2021 photo book. Whereas a process goal, which in some ways to me overlaps with habits um, because a lot of process goals are things that you might be doing iteratively, um, you know, small piece every day might be like, I want to work on my photo book for 10 minutes per day. The outcome or the goal is going to be that you are going to create the photo book, but the process is that you're going to work on it. And some people might consider that a to-do. 
but I consider it more of a habit. So yes, a lot of this is semantics, but how we frame our tasks can influence how we see them and how effective we are at doing them. So I think there's these are important questions to ask yourself how you want to see the tasks in your week. And I think that if something kind of looms large, then you might as well consider it a goal because that's probably going to light more fuel to the fire to help you get it completed. So that's my answer to Paige. And if anybody else wants to weigh in that, please let us know via Insta or the show notes or wherever you'd like. All right, question number two. Hi, Sarah. I've listened to Best of Both Worlds on and off for a couple of years and have really enjoyed Best Laid Plans. I have a question for one of your Q&A episodes. I am a mother of a three-year-old and six-month-old, and I have a busy executive leadership role at work. Your description of using a planner to set goals and focus on the big picture has really helped me to have a sense of forward movement and purpose. Although a lot of 2020 was awful, one highlight for me was looking back on the year and seeing that in spite of everything, I did achieve some really important goals and complete many complex projects. I'm also a longtime David Allen slash GTD fan that's getting things done for our listeners and major list keeper. Like many folks, I found GTD really useful in managing runway level work, next actions, etc. In the latter part of 2020, I made a conscious decision to give up on my obsession with managing task lists and instead focus only on the next action related to my goals, as well as those tasks that come across my consciousness and felt urgent and important enough to tackle immediately. Overall, this really improved the way I feel about my day-to-day life, infusing it with a better sense of purpose. But the reality is that both my major roles in life, executive director and mom, mean that I have to manage a lot of minutiae. I hear you. Whether or not it fits into any of my major goals, I have to remember things like running errands, managing agendas for meetings with coworkers, etc. I find these things a bit soul-sucking and frustrating. Do you have any ideas of how I can manage these kinds of non-goal-related tasks without falling back in a in a kind of obsession with cataloging every little thing on a set of context lists. I thought this was such a fun question, um, in part because I was just very impressed um, with the organization and the initiative that this leader slash mother has in her life. And it sounds like she has a fantastic system, but also because I kind of know where she's coming from. I find a lot of the ideas in the getting things done system very intriguing, but I do feel like if I were to put every little thing I was responsible for on a set of context lists, the list would quickly become kind of useless because they'd be so large I wouldn't be able to find anything um, in any reasonable fashion. So I think, and I think what I do and what I would recommend to this listener is that some of these things just become routines. So if they are things that need to be done on a weekly basis, like set an agenda for a Friday meeting, then maybe you just need to build them in as, well, that's what I do during my, you know, Friday afternoon prep time or or whatever it is. So some of them, I think, become routines if they're things that happen on a rotating basis, kind of build them into something that's so autopilot that you don't have to think about it or catalog it into a context list. And the other thing that you could do is make a lot of these things into hard landscape-like items. So instead of putting them on a a vague to-do list or even a weekly to-do list, actually go in your planner at 11.30 on Wednesday or your electronic system, whatever you're doing, and put an item that says, like, create agenda for two o'clock meeting. I do find sometimes that um, some of these things don't need to be done as far in advance as you might think, as long as you know you're going to have the time to block off 
to do it, whether that is something like, you know, shopping for a birthday gift, or it is something like prepping your meeting agenda, something that I do plenty of as well. I don't put that on my weekly list. I actually just block the time off ahead of time. And I know that, okay, that morning or, you know, at some other predetermined time, that's on my schedule. So I no longer have to put it on my list. So those are my two suggestions. A, autopilot routines for things that are recurring. And B, build it into your hard landscape so you don't have to keep it on the task list. I hope those are helpful. All right. Our third question in this mini Q&A segment comes from, I think, Jen. And she writes, Love your podcast. I'm a huge fan of best laid plans. I am a busy mom of five-year-old twins. I work full-time in healthcare and deal not just with patients, but with projects. I am always struggling with work and home. I love my paper planner and feel fairly efficient at planning out my days. The area I need advice in or your suggestion is I often pretty much always have several projects going on at work. My concern is that I can forget where I have left off or what else is left to do to finalize implementation. I have folders, notes, and piles all over my desk. Looking at all of these can cause anxiety. I am looking for a good paper project planner where I can keep progress and next steps for each project in one spot. Any suggestions? Well, I thought about this one. I also felt anxious when I heard the description of your desk. (laughs) I have colleagues that work like that. I absolutely cannot. Interestingly, it's had the side effect where my desk office seems to be the one that's like most desirable if I'm not there for others to squat in because it's like clean and clear, but that's okay as long as it's If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, and each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel, productivity expert David Allen on getting things done, and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on setting boundaries in your personal and professional life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 
and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Disinfected appropriately afterwards in these COVID times. Anyway, I kind of hesitate to recommend a specific paper product because I think that forcing yourself to rewrite what you have a lot of these folders, notes, and materials might actually just add to the chaos and the stress. So instead, I actually think you might benefit from what a version of, I think I've spoken about her before, Lisa Woodruff is the CEO of Organize 365, and she developed a tool called the Sunday Basket, which is basically a kind of cloth basket with with a bunch of slash pocket folders inside. And you can have a basket that is dedicated to a specific thing. It could be kind of more for home projects, but you could certainly have one for work or for research projects. And you would have one slash pocket folder for each of your active projects with all of the notes. Maybe you put a little sticky note on the front that shows, you know, what step you're in of a multi-step process or if you're waiting for a given thing. And so that's what I envision being kind of an organized solution to you having all of these materials all over the place with multiple projects in different steps. Um, You could also go entirely digital, but I actually think that having a paper tangible, if you're using paper materials to start with, kind of being able to see where you are. And um, I don't know, I kind of like my my posted idea uh, posted on the front of each plastic folder that says like waiting for review or like next step, um, research this thing um, would help you kind of know where you are in each of these things. All right. So you'll have to let us know if you try that and whether that is useful to you. And spoiler alert, you may be hearing more from Lisa in a future guest episode. I love many of her ideas and methods. And while her work has focused primarily on home management, I think a lot of it translates well to other spheres. All right, so we are going to take a quick transition. I do not have a um, specific advertisement or uh, piece to promote for today, although I will remind everybody that that is still um, an option. We've sold most of the spots in March, but the spring uh, Q2, I'll have lots of availability. So if you're interested, um, just send me a note and I can send you the cost and spec sheet for those slots. All right. So here is our mini review. I have been curious about the Moxie Life products um, for quite some time. I think 2019 was the first year they released their planner. And then in 2020, they kind of blew up. There was a lot of drama with Erin Condren over the summer, and I'm not going to get into all that on this episode, but a lot of people jumped ship and started using Moxie Life. It helps that Moxie Life is a very blank slate kind of a planner, so you can customize and decorate it how you'd like. And they have a few uh, key features that kind of make it stand out. Notably, this cute circular rainbow colored wheel where you kind of rate the different areas in your life. And I I just have seen it many times on Instagram and I'm always intrigued by it. Um, In addition, they have a kind of a rainbow color scheme throughout in terms of kind of eight realms of your life that they would like you to kind of work on and categorize your goals into. And so you've probably seen that around as well. In fact, some people have detailed guides on how to match their colored pens to their moxie life kind of color-coded goal arenas, which is really fun and cool. So I decided I had to take a look at this product. You know, interestingly, I had reached out to um, Sierra, who's the CEO, and she was wonderful and she was all excited and I was going to have her on the podcast, but I think she just got busy and I got busy. So 
we didn't make that happen yet, although I could certainly see having her on in the future. I think she's built a great product and a, and a really cool, innovative company. But I decided, since we talked about in a prior episode, how I kind of wanted to purchase some of my own products that I was going to review for a more unbiased look at some of these things, I just went ahead and anonymously purchased it from the company. And what I ordered was not the planner, because you guys know I have many planners already, but the Moxie Life goal-setting notebooks, um, which are kind of, they're called quarterly companion notebooks, and they are separate from the planner, where they have all of the goal-setting sheets and advice, but without the daily or weekly, actually, Moxie Life doesn't have daily, but without the daily planning, uh, weekly planning pages. The Moxie Life Planner is notoriously thick because it has monthly pages, weekly pages, and then a lot of goal setting material kind of embedded throughout. And this instead is for somebody who wants that goal setting information and the beautiful layouts, but doesn't necessarily want to use that planner because maybe A, they want a smaller, slimmer planner, or B, they're just really happy with another planner and they, they are excited about the rainbow goal setting, but don't need all of the weekly spreads. So I bought these, very curious, um, and they came fairly quickly. They were in a nice padded, you know, package as, as usual in a branded Moxie Life box. And they came in a pack of four. The notebooks themselves are A5 size, and they're probably about three quarters of a centimeter thick. So each notebook is not terribly big. In fact, it tucks in very nicely into my A5 Hobonichi cover or I guess it would if I didn't have two Wonderland books in there already, but it would certainly fit in very easily with, say, a Hobonichi cousin of Vec, for example. The notebooks have a striped motif, and they are kind of a purplish, an aqua, a gray, and a light green. Definitely a color scheme that, that I like. Uh, definitely leans towards a little bit more feminine, although not in a kind of flowery way. And then there's a smaller kind of pamphlet-like book that is um, labeled the Goal Setting set Steps and Instructions that kind of goes through their entire methods. It goes through a pretty detailed assessment of um, how you're doing in each of the realms of life that they have defined, as well as some advice for how to set goals and the types of goals. And then finally, there's a blank page to create a mind map, and there are pages for your annual goals in each of the realm that they have listed. The interesting thing is that you know, I already have kind of my own goal setting methods and the areas that I tend to use are a lot fewer um, than the goals that sort of the goal areas that they have. And so I found it a little difficult to adopt my own goal setting. I mean, I don't need another planner right now, but I tried to kind of move my goals into this to see how it worked. And the one thing I had trouble with was that there are eight realms that um, Moxie Life has identified. And I'll be honest, in some of these realms, I don't have as much. And in other realms, I have a lot more. So to be clear, the areas that they have identified are personal, fun and recreation, work and learning, family and relationships, health and wellness, spirituality and personal growth, financial, and physical environment. So for me, I probably have a lot of work-related goals, most of them related to my like true like job job, and then some of them related to this podcast and the other podcasts that I have. I definitely have kind of family goals, which would fit under the family and relationships. I tend to lump my health and wellness goals under the personal umbrella because I'm not sure, I guess hobbies would also fit in personal, but I don't know. For me, I don't feel like I necessarily need the own category because health and wellness feels like personal wellness to me. I don't really have a spirituality and personal growth set of goals, although I like that she included that this includes like community involvement and things like kindness, um, as well as more traditional kind of things you think of as spirituality. 
And I don't really have a lot of goals for my physical environment, um, although she mentions decluttering. So I do have goals and all these things, but it's not traditionally how I have divided up my goals. Like, for example, I would consider decluttering under family because I'm trying to declutter to kind of create a better family environment. Um, And my financial goals also kind of go under personal or family and my spiritual and personal growth goals would go under personal. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, this is is a different way of thinking about it. And if you already have a way that you like to structure your goals, you might find it a little bit problematic because throughout these books are designed to kind of include all eight. Um, And they even have like a color code. And I'll be honest, when I wrote out my weekly goals, I didn't have one that fit each realm. And so I felt a little bit guilty because like I decided, oh, well, I'll just, you know, take this green financial one and and put some other stuff in there because I have more goals for work, or I think I put health there. And so I felt like I was like disobeying the system a little bit. That is not at all to say it's a bad system. And perhaps I'm also just starting it at a, you know, I just, I'm kind of trying to adapt an already established system to this booklet in February, which is very different than setting up all of my goals for the year and then kind of going through as is prescribed. Um, But that was the only issue that I ran into. Otherwise, I think this is a really nice, very aesthetically pleasing way of laying out your goals that forces you to be very intentional about setting up what you'd like to get done in a given month or week. And just to give you an idea of what is in each of these notebooks, it starts out and they're full color printed. As I mentioned, this rainbow color scheme, I really like. I think it's very pretty and fun. There is a blank monthly calendar. Again, I will, my pet peeve, I don't like filling in monthly calendars all that much. So if that were me, I would probably prefer a dated, but I'm sure they wanted to, you know, make this for maximum flexibility towards the future. So it's a blank monthly calendar. Then a sheet with monthly goals um, in the eight realms and kind of a space for each each one. Then there are four layouts after that, four or five, let's see, five, because many months have five weeks in them, for weekly actions where you fill in under each of these realms, like what are the actions you're going to do that week that moves you towards those goals. Again, this is where I kind of felt like cheating because I'm not necessarily going to have an action in every realm every week but who knows, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I should. (laughs) So that's kind of how it's structured. And then at the end of each month, oh, and there's a blank dotted page, yay for dots, um, on the left of each of these weekly action pages. So you could track different things, habits, you could take notes, whatever you wanted. And then at the end is a monthly reflections page where you kind of write your biggest wins, things that are working, things that are not working. This kind of reminds me of some of the reflections pages in the full focus um, system. And then there's a blank page that just says dream big. And I decided that I would try to be creative and put like books read and projects completed. In full disclosure, this is kind of a mock-up. Again, I kind of have my own system that I'm using, but I wanted to see how this one works. So I had fun filling it out. And I will share pictures, of course, um, on the show notes that you can find via my blog. That's pretty much it. There's a cute little folder in the back. And there are several dot grid pages in the back. In addition to that very aesthetically pleasing quarterly compass graphic that I mentioned, it's like a round pie with rainbow colors where you fill out how you're doing in each of the eight areas. Um, And then theoretically, you could like compare a compass from one of these quarterly booklets to the next one. And hopefully it's getting, you know, larger and larger to show that you are becoming more and more satisfied in the different areas. And in fact, they get pretty... um, 
you know, scientific with their metrics. They want you to write, you know, what your scores are with this quarter versus last quarter and what increased and where are your opportunities. So I can see how this would be an effective system. And perhaps if you do find that your life is kind of like much more geared towards work and you're not paying enough attention to health, this forces you to really consider all of those areas as important and something to pay attention to. And so this might be a great product to help somebody kind of find a little bit more balance if that is what they are looking for. And then finally, um, in the I did do a pen test. I do like the paper a lot. It is bright white. It's fairly smooth, but really I had zero smudging issues. I really didn't have a lot of bleed through, even with the brush pens, which tend to be very, very inky. There's a tiny, tiny bit of ghosting, but it is it is really actually very minor considering the weight of those pens. And all of my regular pens really didn't show through um, barely at all. I really liked, as usual, I tend to like on any non-Tomo River paper, I tend to love my Pentel Energel Klena pen, and that worked beautifully on this. But the Uni Signo was great. The Stedler Pigment Liner worked great. Um, mild liners showed up nice and bright. Um, and as I mentioned, some people have a whole color scheme of how they match their mild liners to the different categories, which is cool. Yeah, so the paper is definitely uh, excellent. And I very much love their use of dot grid. You guys know how I feel about super completely empty blank pages. And their dots are nice and subtle. So the pages can look blank if that's kind of what you're going for. But at the same time, if you want your lines to be straight or want to draw some kind of a graphic that needs some guidance, then those dots are there for you. All right. Well, this has been a slightly longer than usual episode. I hope it wasn't too long. I'm curious. Do some of you guys listen to this on 1.5 speed or do I speak too quickly for that? I listen to almost all of my podcasts on 1.5 speed. But when I've heard my own voice on my podcast, I note that I tend to be a fairly fast talker. So I would be curious as to your feedback. So you know where to find me at shoebox underscore plans uh, for the Instagram and theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. Click on the best laid plans icon for the show notes. And please leave me some recorded questions. I would be so excited to get those and feature those on a future episode. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.